reading from the Holy Gospel according to St John, chapter 16, beginning at the 12th verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Loving God, I pray that the words that flow from my mouth might be inspired. And by your spirit, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, as I said at the beginning um, of our service, um, for a church called Trinity Anglican Mission, Trinity Sunday is an important day. But the doctrine of the Trinity, God revealed as Father, as Son, and as Holy Spirit, is a challenging topic to preach on. Because any attempt that you make to make it nice and clear and simple ends up in a particular word we like to call heresy. Heresy is a belief or opinion that's contrary to the orthodox Christian doctrine. And we don't like heresy in the church. Um, in the history of the church, uh, heretics tend to be uh, run out and uh, dealt with in, in very unkind manners. And so I'm praying that that doesn't happen to me after this sermon. Conversely, any attempt to examine the Trinity in precise detail also ends up in heresy. It just takes a little bit longer to get there and tends to confuse, overwhelm and put half the people here to sleep. Even our most earnest, mature and scholarly attempts to fully explain God fall short because we are not God. We're human. We're frail. And we have this limited capacity to understand who God is. I've always thought that a preacher who tries uh, to meet this gap by saying, ah, oh, but it's a mystery, was always copping out. But as much as we see the precise characters of God in Scripture, we also get a, a real sense of the awe and the wonder and the mystery of God in Scripture. And we're living in a time where our world while demanding detail and explanation, is also yearning for mystery and awe and wonder. Have a flick through your TV guides and, and look at the books that you can buy uh, from the limited number of bookstores there still is around, uh, or what's playing at the movies. I'm, I'm really excited, hopefully, uh, to convince my kids to go and see uh, the new X-Men movie tonight looking for some awe and some wonder and mystery despite what the reviews and the critics might say about it. 
We need that sense of both the precise characteristics of God, but also the awe, the wonder, and the mystery. I have to admit that I cannot fully understand, explain, or comprehend the Kardashians. But I have absolutely no problem believing that they actually exist in the many and varied forms that they present to the world in the many mediums that they try to engage the world in. Yet sometimes I do wonder with God whether we're always trying to explain the minutiae. And as we do that, we leave very little room for God to actually be God. So what is a preacher to do? Well, I thought I'd um, stumbled on the perfect thing to do for this year's uh, Trinity Sunday sermon. Just before I did the the month's uh, preaching roster, I thought, who's the most qualified person in our church? The one with a doctorate in ministry, I thought, Dr. Graham Leo. So he'd be perfect to preach on Trinity Sunday. But when he gave me the dates of the Sundays that he couldn't preach, today was the only one in July that he couldn't preach. I'm seeing you sitting there, Graham. I think it might be important for you to maybe do a big questions on on the Trinity as your penance. Um, If you don't know what big questions are... um, once a fortnight, um, Graham does an amazing uh, job in wrestling some of the big issues of our world and our faith and what's going on. Um, and um, he's got an amazing group that gathers and wrestles with some of the big issues. So he's probably already done Trinity, but um, you have, yeah, yeah. Well, you can do it again now. <laughs> See, I thought you would have been good to preach today. But as I was uh, thinking about how um, I might uh, preach this morning... I was reminded that way back, if you can cast your mind, if you were a part of our church five years ago on Trinity Sunday 2014, it was my first Trinity Sunday with you in this church. And if you remember back then, uh, it was our launch of the church's vision, a church called to be known for its relationships with God, with each other, and with our world. Does anybody remember that day? There's a few few nods. It seems like a long time ago to me. If you want to know how quickly time's gone, just look at how quickly my kids have grown. Uh, but that vision has been a godly vision, which, by the way, is Trinitarian. It's served us well, particularly with our need to refocus and reframe our thinking and our posture towards God each other, and particularly those outside of our church, who despite our awesome central location, actually don't know and most of them don't care why we'd be gathering in this way at 9.30 on a Sunday morning. If you've been part of any church life for any amount of time, you'll know that change in churches is hard. Some might say it's impossible and godly and heretical, but I passionately believe that change and transformation 
is a characteristic of God that we see revealed in each of the persons of the Trinity. God, the Father's creation, is dynamic and always changing. God, the Son, entered our humanity in all its frailness and brokenness, but challenged us to change through the gifts of grace and the promise of resurrection. God the Holy Spirit is forever working in and through believers to enable transformation, change, and holiness. So, it's time to change our words, to enable us, as we've done for the last five years, better focus ourselves on where God is calling us. I don't believe the direction has changed. I do believe that our foundations are now stronger. But I also believe in the words of Jesus that you heard last week if you were here for Pentecost. When he told his disciples, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. The greater things are only just beginning. For most of this year, I've been praying through and over our vision. And I've had this growing sense of unsettledness that our words needed to sharpen Our intention needed to be clearer and that we cannot give in to the temptation to be comfortable. Having a clarity of vision and a lucidity in mission is not the same as having God all worked out. Once you've boiled faith down to just some quick, succinct answers, it ceases to become faith. But I've always been a passionate believer of vision and mission statements. Look, I know they're just words on a page. But those words, when they're embodied in the life of a community like ours, can bring us accountability. Because we must, as a church community, always be God-directed and God-inspired. Otherwise, we get lost in our own agendas. And we always need to seek first God's kingdom to find our present and our future hope. So today, I'm going to introduce and walk through our new words and pray that not too many of you will notice or be disappointed that I'm not entering into an extensive dissertation on the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. I would point out, however that our vision remains Trinitarian. Some words grab you immediately. And some words grow and develop over time, a sense of identity. And you you might find that with music. Some words that you hear on the radio, it just gets in your head straight away and it's like an earworm and you can't get rid of it. But other words, you might think that song, I don't know whether I like that. But after a while, as you hear it again, 
particularly in church life, if you sing it out, um, that wor- those words take on a real sense of connection and identity. And my prayer is that these words might be the latter. They do come out of much prayer, but like God seems to do on a regular basis with me, they've come just in time for me to finish this sermon uh, for this week, which probably says more about my attentiveness and, and my need to discipline myself to continue to seek first God's kingdom. So here are the new words. Revealing more of God through who we are because of who God is. The words that we will begin to hear, believe, embody and bring to life are the simple words, even more. Let me step you through each of these three elements. We don't need to capture it all today. We've got at least the next five years uh, for it to to really embody and embed and come to life in and through this community. There's no need to rush today, but as we celebrate this special day of Trinity Sunday, I think these words can really take root and anchor us for our next steps. Revealing more of God is the first element. The Trinity is the church's best attempt to explain the nature of God as it is identified throughout Scripture. Throughout generations, the people of God have listened for how God is revealed and gives witness to that revelation throughout Scripture and the tradition and the history of the church. And in that we see the nature and the character of God. And that's how and why we come to understand God as Trinity. The question and the challenge of our new words is, do we reveal the nature and character of God? If we're not revealing who God is as our priority, or we're not revealing God as our identified intention, or even if we're not revealing God in the way that we gather intentionally and unintentionally, then there really is no point in gathering in this way and calling ourselves church. We must know more of God, but the purpose of that is so that others may know who God is is and know God more fully. This is the expressed intention of why we're repositioning ourselves in terms of our physical spaces in what we're calling Project Connect. So that we might open ourselves up more clearly and visibly to the world outside of these walls. But as we open ourselves up, if people don't see God revealed, then we've just wasted a million dollars. My prayer is that our buildings might, and our spaces might be a constant reminder to us that God must be revealed in all we do. But we don't have to wait for the construction to start. 
and the hoarding to go around our buildings. We can reposition ourselves now to know that we know God so that God will be known. God is revealed to us so that through us, God might be revealed to others. And this is part of Jesus' greater things mandate. Secondly, through who we are. I'm not sure whether this will come as a surprise uh, to anybody, but our buildings and even our fancy new bright screens won't actually grow the church. I have to admit, I do sometimes wonder about God's wisdom in this, particularly when I know myself and my own faults and my failings. But clearly, God has chosen since the resurrection and ascension of Christ. The method that God's chosen to work in the world is by the Holy Spirit, the parakletos plus the the greater things that I, I preached on last week, the life of fiery passion that comes as a result, that's the method that God uses. And the only way that that happens is when God mobilizes you and me. It's a combination of both our brokenness and our giftedness. There's a, a beautiful old poem um, called The World's Bible that, that starts, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men, it's an old poem, in the way, women as well. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell men how he died he has no help but our help to bring them to his side. And sometimes I think we can look at ourselves and think, oh, but, but we, we're not good enough, we're not talented enough, we're not the right person in the right place. But that's not how God looks at us. God looks at us as wonderfully created. Yes, broken, that's the type of vessel that God needs for us to shine through. Through who we are is both individual and community. It is me, but it's not just me. It is you, but it's not just you. And lastly, because of who God is. The only motivation we do have, the only motivation that we need is that God is God. God loves us, God forgives us, God saves us, and God has chosen us. That's what God does. And we continue to grow in that understanding of and our relationship with the God who loves us, forgives us, saves us, and has chosen us. The wholeness of who God is, is best revealed and best expressed in Trinity. 
And it's in Trinity we begin to not only comprehend the magnitude of the nature of God, but also the magnitude of our responsibility to be active in the world. Throughout Scripture, we we have distinctive characteristics of God revealed. God the Father is revealed in, in many different ways throughout Scripture, including creating, loving, kind, compassionate, giving, faithful, merciful, strong, forgiving, good, righteous, caring, gracious, and powerful. We see this God clearly through Scripture. But our motivation is to bring these characteristics to life in and through us and each other so that others might experience this God, our God. Again, the characteristics of God the Son are many and varied and presented clearly through Scripture. Characteristics like approachable, prayerful, forgiving, zealous, humble, patient, wise, virtuous, obedient, giving, a servant, and healing. We see this God in Scripture, but our motivation is to bring these characteristics to life in us and through each other so that others might experience this God, our God. And also the Holy Spirit, both in the Old and New Testament, is clearly revealed through characteristics like loving and joyous, peaceful and patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle and miraculous. We see this God also in Scripture. But our motivation is to bring these characteristics to life in our lives and the lives of each other so that others might experience this God who is our God. Revealing more of God through who we are because of who God is means even more relationships It means even more connection. It means even more growth. It means even more service. It means even more hope, generosity, intimacy, even more humility, even more of what we've begun, even more of what we thought we'd finished, even more of what we can yet imagine, even more greater things. My prayer is that as we grow deeper in our understanding of who God is, as we share together through our stories and our testimonies of the God who has been revealed to us and surprised at the ways that God is revealed in the lives of each other, My prayer is as uh, we're becoming more aware of our responsibility and our mission and our commission to reveal this God to our world, that the power of the Trinity might send us powerfully out in mission. 
that we might clearly see who God is and who God is becoming around us. The power of God at work. The hope revealed in God's people. The promises that are being fulfilled. My prayer is that when we might look back in another five years' time, perhaps the words might have changed or be about to change, we might be again ready to launch into a new season of even more. Amen. Why don't we stand together as we sing.